So a question that we can ask is, what amount of attention is it appropriate to give to the individual as it concerns our thought and our investigations and our attempt to understand? Meaning the way we typically think about things is that the, the person is just one category out of many, right? Like psychology, for example, or the mind, uh, the brain, and uh, then there's many other things, uh, uh, physics, physical law, matter, mass, nature, plants, animals, bacteria, culture, anthropology, archaeology, history, politics, literature, poetry, right, and etc., etc., all the, the, the courses that are offered in the university, all of the, the topics in an encyclopedia, all of the different categories uh, that are had. So uh, consequently, if we take the usual view that a person is simply one item out of a potentially endless amount of such items, then we should only, it would seem to make sense to, to give ourselves only a, a sliver of our attention in our efforts to, to understand. And the 25% to, to chemistry, 15% to history, 17% to uh, 16th century European literature, right? The 10% and whatever other percents we have left to, to this and to that, and then maybe a little bit to, uh, if, or did we mention that at the beginning, the little bit that, that dedicated to our mind, to our psychology and things like that. So here, uh, it would seem to, 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 to have a lot to do with or answering this question seem to have a lot to do with, with our categories and how we decide to split things up and uh, so for example we can uh, uh, look out look, uh, look at a big pile of laundry right and we can choose whether to call it simply a pile of laundry if that's convenient for us for, for example we can say that's just all dirty laundry all of it needs to go into the, the washer or we can split it up as in our mind and then maybe physically into the whites and, and darker colors uh, so that the whites don't get stained or we can uh, find somewhere oh that's a pair of socks that I need I, it's not that dirty so I don't have to uh, wash it uh, these are, I'm gonna put the shirts separate and wash them separately because I don't want them getting dirty from uh, the, the the socks and so forth and so on. So we can choose how we split this up. Once we split split it up mentally, where those categories certainly are real in as much as we keep to them, but it doesn't mean that we can't redo them and uh, figure out different categories in a different way to, to split the pile of laundry in our mind and then physically as appropriate. So as it concerns these broader questions, the idea is that we have created these kinds of splits in our outlook in our understanding of everything altogether and that it's not inconceivable they are real that they exist in as much as they exist but it's not inconceivable to switch them around and to move them around for example uh, the, the 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 typical mind today has a notion that uh that there's a a, a mechanical mathematical reality that uh, we simply are a small incidental part of right meaning uh, i'm for example we can think uh, I'm uh, in, a f in front of a large landscape, the landscape with all of its colors and all of its sounds and all of the animals and all of the noises, all of these things, they're just there and I'm here in this one little spot. I have nothing to do with uh, the landscape. It's all me mechanical and mathematical and all this kind of stuff. So this, is a, this certainly has 
this is a great uh, way to look at it, but this is uh, this is just like dividing the pile of laundry, and it's arguably be sometime in uh, probably the 17th century that that view really began to take hold with obviously uh, precedents uh, going back thousands of years. For example, uh, Democritus, Epicurus, uh, but really in the 17th century, that's a, a view of the world that was developed by thinkers such as Descartes, such as Galileo, Huygens, uh, Boyle, and, and all those fellows, um, and uh, uh, Newton, of course, most notably, and ultimately probably found its consummation in Newton, and then launched the the, the modern worldview, which is again that that uh, we're here, I, I'm here, and and, and the, the the world is out there. So this is one way to look at it, but it's not uh, like we said, it's not the only way. And a big uh, kind of spoke in the wheel, if that's the right expression, was put into that worldview by a, a, a fa- very famous German thinker uh, in. Uh, was the 18th century, 1700s, 1800s, 17 and 1800s, I think, is, is when he lived. And uh, he brought to, to our attention or to the attention of kind of the learned world uh, the, the fact that we, uh, that whatever it is that the world actually is, it doesn't seem that we can say that that's what we're directly perceiving and uh, conceiving. So, for example, we look out onto a field and we see the color green. And yet, as we understand it, the color green is is something that has no independent existence aside from eyes that are fitted to see it. People that are colorblind uh, cannot see it. Uh, and uh, if we try to find it physically somehow in some way in the in the grass we would not know what to do because we would ultimately have to see it. It's a it's a basic quality that we can't we can try to account for how it got there by talking about light waves and and, and all kinds of things. But ultimately, it's a quality. Nothing else except the quality itself can can explain it. Uh, I, somebody can grow up in in a say as a thought experiment. Somebody grows up in in one room and they read. Uh, in a black and white room and they read everything there is to know about every color and they've read every color theory and every formulation and know uh, they know everything about optics and light and light waves and everything all together but they still haven't seen they don't know what it's like to see a single color you no know, man and they could keep doing that for a thousand years they would never know what a, what a little child knows just without any learning from glancing at a color so we see that it's not so simple to say that we see what, uh, external reality and this is something that was dealt with by some of these forerunners of the modern scientific worldview by splitting things up into so-called primary and secondary qualities meaning they acknowledged that things such as color uh, and, and smell and heat and cold and, and pain and pleasure that can come from the heat and cold and from the sharpness of objects they acknowledged that that is uh, uh, contingent on the observer on the subject but they said there are still primary qualities such as mass such as shape such as motion maybe um what, what else is it uh, impenetrability and, and some other ones that, like that if we haven't exhausted the list um and uh, consequently that still the world can be best understood in terms of mathematics and in terms of necessary mechanical kind of operations but on uh, somehow or other, in an unknown way, that these secondary qualities that uh, are derived. So that's one view of things. But there, there's been definitely uh, 
there's things to say against that view as well. For example, that all so-called primary qualities are, we would, as we understand it, are derived from secondary qualities. So, for example, we tend to look, we look at a stone, right? And we think that that's a stone, that's a hard object. And I see the, 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 the hardness of the object, I see its mass. So if we really think about our, our senses and pay attention, we see that what we see is one thing and what we can touch and feel is a wholly different thing. Is two different senses. And the way to make that clear is if we, we go to a, a museum and there's a touch me display and we reach our hand out and uh, our hand passes right through because it's a hologram and it uh, can be undistinguishable from reality. So we see the sight and the touch are different things. So the touch is something that again we cannot understand how that can exist without our hand and without the nervous system and the touch receptors and the brain and all all that biological uh, stuff so then we say yeah but it's a touch of hardness or impenetrability it's a touch of the rock but if we try to figure out what it there is to 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 the rock aside from the touch as it concerns anything other than its sight that's a big problem and it's not at all clear what we can possibly say what uh, what aside from words obviously we can plug in words and, and thoughtlessly and, and things like that but in terms of our actual experience it's not at all clear how we can describe what it is in itself about a rock that is causing these touch sensations so we see that our entire uh, arguably uh, as, as some have put forth our entire notion of the solidity of objects is uh, off of our strictly off of our touch sensations Consequently, then, our entire notion of distance that some have put forth is entirely based off of touch sensations, meaning we say in the distance a mountain and we say it's far away. But what does this really mean? It would seem to mean that we would need to travel some distance before we can touch it because aside from touch, it's as immediately present as the hand in front of one's face, isn't it? On a painting, it's it's all on the same side. Uh, uh, it's all the same, right? In a, in a very convincing hologram, it would be all the same. So we say that this whole that notion of, uh, uh, at least the argument has been put forth and we can think about it, this whole notion of, of distance and impenetrability and, and consequently then mass and, and a whole maybe arguably some other things such as speed then and, 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 um, and velocity, some other things as well in physics that they come about from our, our sense of touch and from our expectations about our experience of what we can and can't touch and, and at what the, how much we would have to travel before touching something and so forth and so on. So we say that if we, again, we take away this, this uh, the, the function of what is called our central nervous system and we cannot touch perhaps all of physics just like that collapses. So this whole uh, uh, world that is built uh, off of this uh, notion that there's a mechanical, mathematical uh, universe that has absolutely nothing to do with us uh, uh, can might well simply th- 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 that might be a, a superstition, a fairy tale uh, that's just like uh, Harry Potter or anything else, or, or not, not like that. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing system. It's been extremely useful, but it's just that the philosophical, quote unquote, metaphysical foundations of the, the, the contemporary worldview, the, the, they could stand some work in these issues of primary qualities versus secondary qualities and uh, how, how it is that we the, get these uh, notions of uh, mass and impenetrability aside from particular experiences of ours that seem to hang on our sense of touch and, and consequently would have to rethink distance. There's many things that we would have to address 
So, which is not to say something is wrong or right or anything like that, but it's just that these are things that obviously, uh, once a paradigm has been settled on, uh, people that make their living in the, the experimental sciences, they're not thinking about that because there's a certain already, it's like a, a let's say there's a, a given computer game. Once the, the it's been programmed, there's the basic idea of, of the game, the characters, the scenery, the programmers are just working within the context of the game. Right? So we wouldn't turn to them and ask them, uh, but how does uh, how do computers work in general necessarily? Maybe somebody knows, but maybe not. Or how to, n- never mind, how does the world work in general? Like, what does that have to do with a, a, a programmer of a particular uh, computer game? It would be ridiculous. So we say that it's, uh, certain... Uh, that the, the way things develop once a paradigm forms, it's like an isolated game, right? It's like a chess game, for example, is a particular paradigm. So somebody could be an absolute master at chess, but obviously not know the first thing about anything else, right? So that's the same thing. Uh, we say that far from somebody who who masters the uh, the kind of the, the modern paradigms, being a, a master of everything else, as some would have it, apparently. It's it's like being a master at a game of chess or in a particular video game or being a master of a, a fictional world like of Harry Potter or something like that, which is, again, it's extremely impressive and it's extremely useful, but we do need to, to keep that in mind for the reason, the reason being not to to potentially salvage our dignity a little bit, right? Because the, the modern worldview has us uh, think of ourselves as absolutely nothing. It's just a, a speck of dust that, has, that there's this... Uh, uh, astronomers, right? Cosmologists, physicists love to say there's this massive giant universe that doesn't know about us, doesn't care about us. It's we're we're, uh, we're nothing at all. We're a, a, not even a split second in the time of the universe. Time has nothing to do with us. Space has nothing to do with us. Uh, matter has nothing to do with us. And uh, so so that's that that's that, right? So. <laughs> What do we say to that? So the first thing to say is that the reason that people feel free to say things like that and not immediately commit suicide or become very depressed is because they're not actually, they're not, it's not sincere. They're not internalizing the consequences of that. It translates to, this is what I need to say, to gain fame, to gain prestige, to sell a book, to, to, uh, to, to be dogmatic in my worldview. If a person really truly was 100% sincere in, in, in saying these kinds of things, there's no way that we would uh, wish to, to continue uh, life even one moment, right? Because some would say, the people thoughtlessly might say, no, it's not true. What does it matter what, uh, how I stand in relation to the, to the bigger picture, to the whole? I can still feel pleasure. I can still pursue my happiness. I can make up my own meaning, right? This is the, the the view that's commonly said today, right? We can make up our own meaning. It's all on us, on humanity. So this is the, again, the, these are just thoughtless people by and large that say these kinds of things. First of all, it, we're not animals, or we are, or, or we start off as animals, but we cannot be happy as animals. If we pursue little bursts of pleasure, right? Oh, yeah, there's no, there's no possible meaning for me. There's nothing actual that I can accomplish. There's nothing of true substance that I can accomplish, but I can still have some ice cream. I can still enjoy myself on a beach. Uh, I can make something up. I can make up an arbitrary game, right? That, that's demeaning, and, and and we can never find any kind of real meaning in, in that kind of stuff, right? For example, let's say that uh, 
we want to, to take up, uh, let's say there's somebody who's retired and they have nothing to do and we want to give them a job. So imagine telling them, hey, can you please move uh, this this little pile of, of little pebbles from one end of the table to the other? Will this give them meaning? No, and I guess somebody suffering from degenerative brain diseases, this is something that they, they have no awareness of what's going on. It's something they can do fine to take up their time. But anybody who has even a little bit of sense left, it absolutely they would say, no, are you kidding me? wouldn't give them any meaning at all. On the other hand, say volunteer at, at the library, help with the books, help with running children's programs. That's a whole different deal because we that we understand that that has more bearing. That's not as arbitrary. That's not as, as made up. That has some bearing on something. So if we uh, acquiesce to this poorly thought out uh, contemporary view that, that developed again, it really was fleshed out in, in the 1600s and now is swallowed hook, line, and sinker without thought by, by many, uh, then anything and everything that we can say is like rearranging pebbles from one end of the table to the other. There's no difference, right? We can say, oh yeah, find, find meaning in family, find meaning in art, find meaning in culture, find meaning in personal growth. It's all absolute hooey because if they're really true, if that's really truly the way to look at things, which is the, again, this mechanical mathematical uh, view, then that, it's, it's complete everything, no matter what, is completely arbitrary. It's completely nonsensical. We, we have, we're rational creatures. We have our gaze set at least to some extent on eternity, on the future. We cannot gain any real satisfaction from these temporary pleasures like an animal, right? Let me get an ice cream. Let me scratch my back and so forth and so on. We cannot gain any satisfaction and meaning from co completely arbitrary made up uh, things like moving pebbles from one side of the table to the other. That's not how it works. So we see that if a person... Uh, which is not to say that that proves that, that there's a better worldview available for us just because we want to, just because we want there to be one, but it is to say that a person that really, truly, sincerely advocated uh, these contemporary views, again, the, the, what we said, the me super mechanical view, they would not be so jolly. They would not be pursuing their professional success. They would not be pursuing their quote-unquote happiness. They would be. They would commit suicide because that that's the the necessary outcome of tr really truly internalizing that. That's people that people that are driven to the brink. They can't live any longer. Their life is so empty. It's also sometimes so painful. But it, but uh, the emptiness is the pain also. Uh, sometimes maybe the pain right of somebody lose a lot of money. They get they go bankrupt. So that's how they they care themselves. But but also just the absolute emptiness of there being no meaning, of everything being completely dead, of nothing having any life, any bearing, any substance on one's being. It's completely intolerable. So that is the view that is encouraged by these, uh, the, these uh, th thoughtless individuals. And they're, oh yeah, it's so great. Now we can make up our own meaning, right? There's no, uh, we've already established that the, the universe has nothing to do with us. We have nothing to do with the universe. And now let's make something up now. It's, it's all uh, insincere nonsense. Excuse me. So, kind of the good news is for us that that uh, um, uh, for humanity is uh, and for our dignity is is that it's it's just one paradigm out of who knows how many. It's just like with splitting up the pile of laundry. Uh, there's absolutely different ways to conceptualize things. There are absolutely uh, intractable, if that's the right word, problems with this worldview. Some of the the, the we just scratched the surface. Some of which we discussed primary versus secondary qualities, the question of color, the question of mass, the question of touch sensation, and so forth and so on. And we say uh, something we can add, which is that uh, it, there, there, it's, 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 uh, it can be very clearly 
shown that the, the, the entirety of what we deal with are, in fact, what we can call our ideas and are our concepts. That's our whole world. The question of what they are in reference to. Are there any things, quote-unquote, in themselves? What is a thing in itself? What is the underlying substrate of the phenomenon, meaning of, of sensations of what we see and touch and hear and so forth and so That's a question. It's a deep question. It's a great question. We need to keep thinking about it as opposed to giving corny answers or, or cheap answers. But what our actual reality is, it's our reality. For example, uh, let's say that we, and this is easy to forget, actually. Let's say we're... Uh, in our, uh, we, we come to, to our house, we, we go into our, our kitchen, for instance, right? So what, what's our reality there? We see the, uh, the fridge, we see food, we see our table. Hopefully we see food, no guarantee. No guarantee we see a fridge either, but we, hopefully in a good case uh, uh, scenario, we see all these kinds of things and we think that's simply there. But if we think, who is the one? We read a label, right? We, we read a recipe, we cook something up. But if we think, wait a second, I just read this label. It's in English. Could somebody who doesn't read English have uh, uh, read this label? No. So that has something to do with me. I just saw these letters. Could somebody that's blind see these letters? No. So that has something to do with me. I just comprehended uh, the, this concept of the recipe and of food and of its relation to my stomach and my taste buds and my anticipation of eating and, and all of this. Is this something that can have to, something to do with a rock as opposed to with me and with my mind and with my emotions and my preferences? No. I look at the fridge. The fridge is is a, is a concept, right? Meaning the, the combination of these different... Uh, um, kind of understandings that it, it keeps uh, food cool, it prevents spoilage, it, it, it holds this food of mine and that food of mine, it requires electricity, all these different things. What are these things? Just that they're just there aside from our understanding? We see no. If somebody has never encountered a fridge before, maybe they grew up some of these uncontacted tribes who uh, some of them have presumably never seen a fridge or anything else modern. You show them a fridge, they're not going to oh, that's a fridge. I have absolutely no idea what that is, like a box of some sort. So we see the fridge is not simply there either. It is also an, a, an idea of ours and a concept of ours. All right? We see the light coming from the light bulbs. What is light uh, just there aside from an eye? That, that Again, what it is, it's a separate question, but our the, the, the way we perceive it, that's our perception. We close our eyes. If the light is very bright, we can still see uh, what we see with our eyes closed when there's light. But uh, some brightness, but nonetheless, it has something to do with our eyes. Somebody completely blind, you can shine all the light in the world on them, they're, they're not going to see it. So we see that, right, then we sit down to eat and we're thinking about our day, we're thinking about our job, we're thinking about tomorrow, about next week, about our dreams, about our retirement plans, about our vacation plans. Does any of this have any reality to, to say uh, or fork that we're eating with? No, that's all, all our thoughts and all our uh, the, the musings and all of this. Uh, we somebody that uh, our friend or family member comes in, right? Our relationship, our love, our care, our concern. Does that is that something that can be reduced to uh, to, to the atoms? Is that something that exists uh, in a vacuum or that has something to do with the quote unquote universe and outer space? No, that's that also has something exclusively to do with us and the other person. Uh, so we say that this is this is our whole reality. And, and then we can think we can introduce other concepts such as the the universe and such as uh, very interesting scientific questions and, and space and time and mass and matter and, and velocity and, and all, everything we discuss here and otherwise chemistry no problem but how it qualitatively is it not clear that it's the same thing that as everything else as the fridge as the recipe as our relationship it's, it's very much clear that it is again 
without commenting on what what is the the in itself what is something underlying all of it that's a separate question but our reality is our reality and we can be more or less comfortable with 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 that and we can not be so intimidated uh by this kind of poorly thought out uh view that that came to us from uh from the 1600s that i'm just this this little body that's reducible to these little atoms that nothing none of this has any real reality right none of these colors and these thoughts and these emotions and and the 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 smells and the taste and all of this none of this has any real reality the real world can be best described by a physicist uh, with equations and and with math and and, and all of this that that's just my uh, that's just the not, nothing at all that that's not the we we see that that's it's not that simple we we, we really shouldn't say that in an unqualified way so anyhow these are just some thoughts uh, there's definitely uh, the, the, a tremendous amount of work to, to be done in, in all areas, in, in all disciplines, and uh, even modern science, as, as incredibly helpful as it's been, really could, could be in need of, of another renaissance, uh, kind of if we overthrow this, this, this paradigm from the 1600s and try to find a new one. Uh, but in the meantime, we definitely shouldn't lose our dignity and shouldn't get depressed from these things that uh, we hear. Or on the converse, those some some of us love those kinds of things, right? Again, I'm nothing at all. The universe is so big. The, all the light years, all the atoms, all of this. Why do we love it? Because again, it's not sincere. We look at how small the Earth is. Some of these videos, and, and we and we're thinking of it in subjective terms, as as is our only choice. Obviously, as we explained, it's our, just ideas of ours, but. We're kind of being two-faced about it, right? We're taking it literally. We're saying that uh, space and time in the universe has nothing at all to do with me. I'm just a, a, a speck that that's a, an insignificant speck in it, and yet we're using it for our emotional needs. We're saying, oh, look, say my problems are not so significant. I can get out of myself a little bit, right? So that's just being two-faced and not sincere. If we really, truly internalized this uh, view that some of us peddle uh, of us being insubstantial nothingness in the face of a purely mathematical and mechanical universe, we the, the proper thing to do is we don't even need to say it. The, or the necessary thing, if we really truly believe it, we know what we're gonna do, right? So we, we should be sincere and not say something to, to, uh, that, that we don't really believe and that we don't really internalize. And uh, But on, on the flip side, right, we definitely have plenty of room for, for our dignity and, and happiness and all of that. So definitely think about it. Thank you for listening.